you have to take accountability for your own development. I think that the first thing that you have to do is you have to learn about yourself. This is The Playbook. I am so blessed today because every once in a while, we get an entrepreneur of entrepreneurs, the billionaires, millionaires, and entrepreneurs, people who have led the biggest brands in the world, like our friend David Novak, who is the founder and CEO uh, of and former CEO of Yum Brands. If you haven't heard of Yum Brands, I don't know where you've been, but we'll let David, I, I can't even list out every single brand that is included <laughs> in, in there, um, but retired chairman of, of there as well. And I'm sure the lessons that have been learned throughout the decades uh, are, are incredible. So I'm gonna start there. Um, when you elevate your career to what I consider to be the highest level, like the spirit of excellence, when in, in football, you're a Warren Moon, Troy Aikman or Steve Young, it's a different game. You know, I've marketed the Hall of Fame for years and I always said, people wouldn't believe this, but even within the Hall of Fame, there's like the Hall of Famers of the Hall of Famers, the ones where, you know, John Randall's looking up and going, oh my gosh, that's Joe Montana. Um, you're a Joe Montana in entrepreneurship and business, um, but you didn't start there. Uh, and I want to talk about that playbook of how things aggregate upon themselves in your career where you wake up one day and go, how did this all happen? Uh, and, <laughs> and, I, and I'm sure from my experience, it didn't happen overnight. Uh, mm. What were some of the things when you were younger that were in your mindset of perception of, you know, this is what I want to be or do when I grow up that probably is not completely aligned with being the chairman and co-founder and CEO of Yum. Well, first of all, Dave, I want to thank you for being on the show and for those very kind comments. Uh, Joe Montana, I, I always loved him to be even thought of in that kind of ilk is, uh, is something else. I'm not sure that I deserve it, but I'll, I'll take it. Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> I never had any uh, designs when I first started out in my career on being a CEO. You know, in fact, I went to the University of Missouri. I was a journalism student. I grew up in a very uh, humble background. My dad was a government uh, surveyor. I lived in 23 states by the time I was in seventh grade. Their big goal for me was my parents loved me. And they, I lived in the United States of America. Go get a college degree and see what you can do. And, and uh, But I, I, I was a journalism major. And, and I found out in, at journalism school at the University of Missouri that I loved advertising. That was a big break for me very early on because I found what really gives me joy. And I knew that I loved advertising and I wanted to be in it. So even before I got out of school, I knew I wanted to be in advertising and marketing. That's a big break because once you find what you love, you can't get enough of it. You become an avid learner. You know, you really get focused on it and, you know, you can grow. But I started out in a, a very tiny advertising agency, R. Joseph Harold and Far in Washington, D.C. I was a copywriter, believe it or not. And um, I was in this little cubicle in the back of the office, and there was this hamburger poster there. And my wife said that was a sign that I was destined to move into the food service business. But I never thought I would ever run Pizza at Taco Bell and KFC and, and, and Yum Brands. But the thing about that, that initial experience is that it opened up a door for me. You know, a lot of times people want to go straight to the end game, but they don't realize you kind of got to work your way there. And, you know, this was a, 
a, a very small job by almost every standard, but boy, did it open up the doors for me because I had to learn how to be creative. There's nothing more sobering than looking at a blank sheet of paper and having to come up with the idea. Uh, I realized that I wanted to get in the business side of advertising and, uh, you know, all of that was, came from that first job. And then I went to my next job and account work in an advertising agency and, you know, same thing happened. You know, I, 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 I loved what I was doing, looked around and said, who has the next job? I want to get that. And I just kind of worked through the progression of my career, looking at who had more responsibility with, than me, then saying to myself, okay, what do they have that I don't have? And what do I need to develop so that I can be in position to move to that job sooner versus later? And I did that throughout my career. And one thing led to another. You know, I ended up running marketing at Pizza Hut, then marketing at, uh, and sales at Pepsi-Cola Company. Then I became the chief operating officer of, of, of Pepsi-Cola. Then I was the president of KFC, the president of KFC and Pizza Hut. And then I get to uh, have the gigantic opportunity of becoming the CEO of Young Brands when we were spun off from PepsiCo. But it was a progression. It wasn't like I went from A to Z overnight. <clears throat> And you didn't go there by yourself. And one of the things I love about your career is there's three aspects uh, that are culminating in a book that you're going to launch in March. Uh, too bad it's not launching in February. You could have 2-22-22 instead of 3-22-22. <laughs> but all the twos are good luck, by the way. Yeah. Um, there, there's three things in my career as well, which has evolved. One is mentorship. And through all of those positions that you held, you know, there must have been some great mentorship. Uh, then there's teaching people that are capable of explaining, you know, what you're supposed to learn. But then there's coaching. And I distinguish coaching as an aspect of being able to bring the best out of somebody. So a coach may not know as much as I know, but they can bring the best out of me. Uh, and I see that in athletics all the time. Quarterback coaches, they don't know as much about uh, being a quarterback as Justin Herbert, but they bring the best out of this kid uh, for his career. And you've now written a book about coaching and how to bring the best out of yourself by actually coaching yourself. And it's called Take Charge of You, How Self-Coaching Can Transform Your Life and Career. And it's co-authored by a very famous coach in, in golf, uh, who I know actually, Jason Goldsmith. Uh, who golf obviously being very cerebral, just like entrepreneurship, it's very difficult mindset wise to bring the best out of ourselves. What are some of the topics that you cover that you apply to your own career of how do we coach ourselves? How can we, it's, it's such a joy to bring the best out of ourselves. Yeah, well, I, the, the reason why I focused on coaching yourself is that I think your life and career is too important to delegate to someone else. You have to take accountability for your own development. And I, all the great leaders that I've talked to, uh, Dave, and I do my own podcast called How Leaders Lead, they're all avid learners. They're all avid learners. And I, I, more than that, they're action learners. You know, they, they learn and they, they put it to action because it's not just it's not enough just to learn something. You know, what are you what are you going to do with it? OK, and I, I think that the first thing that you have to do is you have to learn about yourself. You have to really understand yourself. Uh, have high self-awareness. So, you know, we, we really talk about, <coughs> excuse me, the importance of, of asking yourself some key questions so that you can find out what your joy is. You know, what are your joy blockers? What are your joy builders? You know, focus on, figure that out. Think about it. You know, 
and figure out where it is that you get the best joy. I mean, when do you have your best days? What happens to you where you go, wow, that was really something else. Man, if you could just think about, man, if I could spend the majority of my life doing something like that, wouldn't it be better than going and to work and, and just going through the motions? So, so we try to people, get people to really focus on you know, what gives them joy and to think about the single biggest thing that they could do uh, that would give them the most, most uh, excitement, joy, uh, opportunity in, in their career, and then develop an action plan to go after it. But, but the main thing is you got to know yourself to grow yourself. And, you know, that is, is such a critical uh, insight that people really got have to grasp. And beyond the awareness, there's also the backbone of awareness is belief. So it's one thing you got to know yourself to grow, but there's going to be plenty of people on your journey in business and life that are going to laugh at you, scoff at you and make fun of you. Yeah. I tell a story about 25 years ago, I was more famous than Bezos. I had more money than Bezos and I had more relationships in the Silicon Valley than Bezos. And yet his belief in self, you know, 25 years ago that I'm going to be the richest man on earth. And, you know, I you know, literally make a trillion dollars. I'm an optimist. I'm a believer, but I would have laughed at him too. And so, you know, what is it beyond awareness of self to have that confidence and belief, the backbone to continue on when not only is everybody laughing at you, scoffing at you, making fun of you, but failure, setbacks and mistakes are bound in your journey to what you dream of. Well, that's why, you know, uh, having joy is important because that joy gives you purpose. You know, you can be passionate about something and that can be fleeting, but purpose gives you a mission. And, and I think that mission is what, what, what drives uh, Jeff Bezos and drives all the founders that I talk to. And I'm sure the entrepreneurs that, you're, that you talk to every single day, it's that mission that gives them the focus and nothing's going get, to get in the way of that. And so they might say, you know, okay, I haven't done this but they add that an important thing at the end of the sentence. I yet, I haven't done it yet. They ha, they keep figuring out a way, uncovering rocks. You know, they've got that startup mindset, beginner mindset in terms of how you, how you go after everything. And I think having that mindset uh, really opens you up uh, to growth. And that's what a, a, a Jamie Dimon has, even though it's a huge company, JP Morgan Chase, or uh, Marvin Ellison has at Lowe's, you know, it's a big company. Uh, and that's what I, I, I see uh, Brittany Fuse, who's starting up Malibu Milk. You know, she, she's got that startup mindset. And it doesn't matter how big your business is, when you apply that, okay, to a uh, startup mindset to your business, you're going to, and yourself, you'll figure out how to give yourself a fresh look that will uncover transformational insights that can change you and, and, and the people that you have the privilege of leading. And beyond that, even you have another thing in common with me is the firm belief of gratitude, the ability to find the light, the love and the lessons when other people see victimization uh, or liabilities like blame, shame and justification. Gratitude, I tell everyone, is the only common denominator with all the billionaires, millionaires and entrepreneurs, athletes, celebrities and entertainers at the biggest level that I've been blessed to be around. Gratitude, whether you're tall or short poor, rich, healthy, or unhealthy, gratitude's the only common denominator to joy. It's the, the only common denominator. How important in your career and others is the ability to have a gracious perspective? Well, I, I can't, I'm so glad you brought up gratitude because 
you know, I know about this concept called the mood elevator. You know, you make your worst decisions when you're angry, resentful, and tired. You, when you move up and hungry, the elevator, that's why you go to yum brands and hungry. Don't forget the hanger is terrible. Absolutely. You gotta, gotta be fed and you gotta be fed well. But as you climb up the elevator of moods at the very top is gratitude. And when you're grateful, you make your very best decisions. So I always try to start out every day by doing gratitudes, writing down three to five gratitudes, give myself in a grateful state. I try to make myself aware of my moods. Because if, if I don't have the right mood, and I think the gratitude is the best state that you can possibly be in, then I got to change my mood and do everything I can so that I can move up that elevator so I can make better decisions. But gratitude, you know, one of the things about <clears throat> the, the people that I talk to and, and you talk to, and this is why we share this belief, is they're very confident. They believe in themselves. Believe me, Jeff Bezos believes in himself, but in his own way no matter how confident he is, he's also humble enough to know that he can't do it alone. And I see that with every leader. They're very grateful. And I love how you use the word blessed. Okay, that's a, that's a gratitude sign. You know, they, they're absolutely grateful that, that they have the opportunity that they have. And, you know, when you're leading an organization, the best always think of, of, uh, of that as a privilege. They don't see it as some sort of thing that they're entitled. You know, somehow through the grace of God, I was able to go from a copywriter to running the largest restaurant company in the world. Now, I got to tell you, I could tell myself how smart I am and brilliant I am and whatever. But hey, I worked hard, but a lot of people work hard. A lot of people work hard and they didn't get the, the opportunities that I got. They didn't have the mentors and the teachers that you talked about. And I could go through a list of mine uh, because I, I always had great mentors and teachers all along the, the way. But the fact of the matter is, is that for some reason, you know, I got blessed and I got to get that big time responsibility that other people would can, can only dream of. And, you know, uh, I don't take it lightly because I tell you what, when I went into the restaurants and I talked to our best restaurant managers, they were working their tail off. They were really good at what they did. Okay, but they didn't become the CEO of Young Brands. And, you know, they had a great job and I admire what they did. But for somehow, somehow I did. And uh, I never took it lightly. And coming from where you came from, uh, another similarity, you know, I grew up with six kids, a single mom who packed my dinner in a paper bag so she could fill up turnstiles after a full day of teaching uh, with greeting cards at a convenience store. You had gone from trailer park to trailer park as a young boy. Um, and yet I found one of my biggest challenges is to have the perspective. I always say, the only thing that's gonna die in my lifetime are limitations. And all of those people that worked just as hard as I worked, that were going to the same schools and got the same scholarships, the difference was that I recognized I wasn't going to let somebody determine my thermostat in my life, that I was going to let every limitation die. And my last limitation that will die will be my embodiment. Uh, but furthermore, having that perspective of success and achievement, not to settle or feel as if I'm not worthy of, you know, running the no most notable sports agency in the world, talk, you know, talk about luck, you know, yeah. to, to work with Lee Steinberg and to be CEO and partners with Warren Moon for years and years and years.
you know, I've used to pinch myself and say, wow, what is the differentiator? And I think the only differentiator in me is I believed that there were no limitations to where I could go when I was five years old, living in Akron, Ohio, you know, in a two bedroom apartment with six kids. Uh, for you, how did that mindset of not allowing the thermostat, not allowing, you know, what is energetically and genetically inherited, you know, we call it breaking the chain because it takes people like you. Uh, I strive to be like you as well to break those limitations. Is there a secret sauce yeah. that yeah. allows us to break those limitations? You know, I don't think you or I ever grew up feeling sorry for ourselves. <laughs> I, I, I think, I don't think you and I grew up going, oh, gee, I've got a single mom. I'm living in this small two bedroom house with six kids. You know, I lived in an eight foot wide by 46 foot trailer. Okay. I have two sisters and together we're in the biggest houses you can imagine. And we end up in the same sofa clumped together. Okay. Because we love each other, you know. But I never, I never thought, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this because I'm in a trailer court. I thought everybody lived in a trailer court. But my eyes just opened up. I would move into one environment, look at it, figure out how I could make the most of it, and then I'd go to the next. And I think it was because my mother instilled a huge belief in me very early on in my, uh, my life. You know, we all need people who believe in us more than we even believe in ourselves at times. And you know, Dave, I, I have to tell you, I never worked for anybody as I was coming up the ladder that didn't become a president or a CEO of a company, you know, and they all took a huge interest in me and they taught me what they knew. So I got mentorship. I got teaching. You know, I was able to work for this guy named with this guy named Andy Pearson when we founded uh, Young Brands. Andy was a former PepsiCo uh, president and he was a teacher at Harvard Business School. This guy said to me, he said, David, and Jamie Dimon was on our board originally. And he said, David, you and Jamie are going to be two of the best CEOs of your era. Gee, I didn't even know what a CEO really did. I was just becoming one, you know? And, but he, he told me that at the beginning and he compared me to Jamie Dimon, who I had enormous respect with. I'm not saying it's justified, but I'm just telling you, it gives you a lot of confidence, confidence you otherwise couldn't have. And I think being an, an active learner is so important as you move up the ladder. And I guarantee you, you continually polish the apple, Dave. You were always looking at, for ways that you could get better. You had a healthy dissatisfaction with the status quo for yourself and your business. And I tell you what, that's gold when it comes to, you know, achievement and, and growing a career and, and ultimately doing what we all know is the most important thing. And the reason why you're doing what you're doing today and what I'm doing, what I'm doing today is to be able to help others. Absolutely. Which is, you know, my mission to have uh, that uh, ability to empower others, to even empower others. And it's interesting because you bring up active learner and I have one of my favorite lessons of being more interested than interesting and your podcast is how leaders lead and all that you talk about which is indicative of a great leader is being an intelligent follower uh, and learning from everyone and your book is about learning self and utilizing those lessons as well to be more interested than interesting with awareness and being able to effectuate the perspective with gratitude and all the terrific lessons uh, that we learn this book is going to be incredible march 22nd check it out we want to take charge 
of ourselves. So take charge of you, how self-coaching can transform your life and career. Uh, learn to carry that empowerment within yourself so we don't always have to rely on the mentors, teachers, and coaches out there. We can absorb what they give us so we can utilize it every day consistently, persistently in the pursuit of our own potential. The incredible David Nowak, the Joe Montana of entrepreneurs. I'm going to say it again. Thank you so much for joining me. 